Welcome to As Seen on Internet, episode 10, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the most amazing internet we could find. I'm your host, Ben Foster, and with me, as always, is Amit Wadera. And Amit and I are both digital strategists for Catch'em Digital out of our Chicago office here. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about Facebook's dislike button, whether or not it's really a dislike button. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Apple and the adpocalypse. And then we'll also look at how college students are spending their time on various social networks and the results are going to surprise you. It's not what you think. Uh, but first, uh, let, let's talk uh, what is some of the most amazing internet that we've seen over the past couple weeks. And for me, there's a story that I think completely defines what social media is all about and how, how it's changing reporting and how it can lead to movements and causes. And it was the story of this young boy, Ahmed Mohammed out of Texas, I believe. And uh, this young guy, he was uh, he's a builder. He's a maker. He's this really clever guy. And uh, I guess his his bedroom is filled with just circuit boards and <laughs> lights and all these other other things. Uh, and he built a clock uh, featuring circuit boards, took it into school. A teacher who was maybe not as technically inclined as uh, th- this young 14-year-old was suspected it of being a bomb. Uh, he was later taken to then the principal's office. Uh, detectives were brought in. He was put in handcuffs all the time, insisting it was just nothing but a simple clock, uh, and then taken off to jail. And so, you know, what I loved about this story was just seeing how internet reacted to it. Mm-hmm. I, I forget where, did you see where it broke? Was it Reddit that it I broke? I think I saw it on Reddit, I yeah. think the Dal- Dallas, I think the local Dallas affiliate did it, but it, Reddit was where it kind of uh, took off. And then ev- I think you saw everywhere. everybody was posting this that day. Because it was just this story of, you know, what we need to think about and, and do differently. And what I loved is when famous people started just celebrating this, right? Yeah. This kid is now cool. <laughs> don't think of technology the technologists, the builders, and, and other people is cool. But he got tweets from Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, bring that clock out to Facebook, right? Uh, Mark Andreessen, the famous venture capitalist, showed the picture of a potato clock that he remembered building when he was a kid, uh, <laughs> saying that the potatoes might might look like uh, grenades. Hillary Clinton got in on it. Obama said, hey, bring it to the, the White House. And the whole reason I love this is everybody... You know, this kid, did you see what the T-shirt he was wearing? Was yeah, it? NASA. <laughs> yeah, he was in handcuffs with a NASA T-shirt. I think somebody was even took to Cafe Press or one of the one of the sites where they make T-shirts and had that logo and put um, Ahmed on it, like replacing the NASA <laughs> logo, which was pretty cool. This poor guy, I guess his sister set up the uh, Twitter account for him because he wasn't quite, you know, comfortable with it. Now mm-hmm. he's doing press conferences. Yeah, right? yeah. Did you see? Was he? Yeah, doing he was doing conference? a press conference where he was just talking about, you know, what exactly what happened. And then he said, you know, my dream is to go to MIT yeah. one day. And I was like, this is amazing. And, you know, he said, you know, I'd love to transfer out of my current school and go to any other school possible. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're <school>. right. <laughs> That's there. It was just, it was this great story for social media, this great thing where you can see people doing it. Hopefully, I'm hoping it makes technology cool, like that type of stuff, to get the attention for these people by just being a curious little guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's so uh, that's so the the thing. I can't, you know, admit that we got that visit from uh, the people at, at Make Magazine a couple years ago, and they left us with that Arduino kit. Mm-hmm. I've just been waiting. I could have taken it home and built a whole right. bunch of stupid stuff for my own own reasons, but I've just been waiting to build this with my kid, like to start making stuff. Kid starts. Uh, our school is really sweet. They have all these extracurricular classes. And uh, he chose robots, mm-hmm. so he's going to learn to start making robots That's like awesome. every single Thursday. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be so sweet! I can't wait for that. So, Amit, what was the story or the thing on the internet you've seen the past couple of weeks that it's just been absolutely amazing for you? Yeah. So yesterday was the um, second uh, Republican presidential debate. Second two, two, and they're done, right? That's it. Just two uh, of these. Oh yeah, for sure. We're we're right in the <laughs> middle of uh, of our uh, uh, presidential cycle here. We we only have what a year and like five months until. I need a <laughs> countdown, right? Like just one of those internet countdowns. When is this going to be over? Exactly. So yeah, the the second Republican presidential debate. Normally that wouldn't be amazing internet unless somebody said something incredible <laughs> during that, but. Um, Yeah, Bernie Sanders, um, a Democratic candidate, was actually live tweeting the Republican debate. And um, he actually had some of the most interactions and the most uh, engagement out of all of the presidential candidates. And he was actually just sitting at home live tweeting it. All the Republicans, I'm guessing, had staffers live tweeting, doing the stuff, all planned, ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. But Sanders hijacked it, right? Exactly. Remember when Obama hijacked, what did he do when he went on Reddit? Where was it? It was the convention. 
Yeah, I think he did so. Did that Ask Me Anything on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a Republican convention. He and it just... was like the number one Ask Me Anything yeah. of all time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, Hillary Clinton also tried to to, to hijack yep. the uh, the the debate yesterday as well, but she got you know maybe one fifth of the actual interaction that the rest of the candidates yeah. were getting. Yeah. Bernie actually got two two out of the top three most retweeted. Yeah tweets out of, out of the entire night. Wow. So just to show you wow. kind of how social media can really latch onto a candidate yeah. and, and really bring them up, you know, Obama, you know, did this four years ago and eight yep. years ago, really kind of set the bar yep. of how to use social media. We'll see, you know, can Bernie yeah. use that to his advantage? Yeah. I'm really curious. If, yeah, you're right. Obama set the bar. And, and look, no, I don't really care where you stand politically. It's important to watch, if you're a technologist, how movements start mm-hmm. on internet, how content is shared, why certain messages happen. That's why we're paying attention to this here. It's, admit you're, you know, you say Obama set the bar, raised the bar then in, in 2012. I'm, I'm interested to see if, if now as a candidate, you got to go in a different direction mm-hmm. or do you just got to, like, do you have to out Obama <laughs> in social media or do you just, is it just completely, it, did he set it? That, that was the pinnacle. What we do, like what comes next? Uh, for these candidates. I mean, I think, you know, as we talk about, you know, how things are changing on the Internet, you know, each week, um, you know, I think it's going to be up to each candidate to figure out, you know, how they pivot, you know, and and they adapt to the Internet as well. I mean, you know, does Bernie or Hillary or any of the candidates now have to start doing Snapchat videos or, you know, do they have to get on, (laughs) you know, you know, a different account as well, you know? It's always going to be evolving. It's yeah. always going to be changing. When Obama did it, um, you know, for the last two election cycles, you know, Facebook was the best way to yep. do it. And he had a crack team of, you know, data scientists and content strategists to yep. help him figure that out. And, you know, he just basically built a better mousetrap than yeah. than anyone else could. Yeah. So, well, you know, we'll see as it there's a lot smarter people now than there were, yeah. you know, four and eight years ago. So, yeah. you know, we'll see if, if Bernie or or if any candidate can yeah. really um, use that to his, yeah. his or her advantage. I had one of the guys uh, that worked on Obama for America come to speak to my class about how they use social and, and the mm-hmm. impact it can have, you know, on marketing and stuff. And he said that he gave me the funniest story about clout because um, he was talking about clout. I think there was a time where you remember the you know the Twitter account Horse Ebooks? Yeah. Horse Ebooks, where it's just like they rearrange, it's a guy like selling this online bookstore stuff mm-hmm. and he just rearranges words and becomes like very existential. And so it's, <laughs> it's this really funny kind of parody account. But he was saying there was a period of time where I think that had a higher clout score than Obama for, for a while. <laughs> but then he said they ended up watching clout all the time because they knew if there was a change in Obama's clout score, the media were going to jump all over it. It was a thing they had to watch huh. and pay attention for because they knew it would just create this huge right. social media reaction, whether or not it went one way or the other. So it was like, you know, huh. this funny thing, all the stuff you have to kind of pay to on there. Nobody really knew what it mean, what a cloud score means, but sure. they knew if it goes up or if it goes down, I'm it trying to means get, something. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I could guess like within five points. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I wonder if like if I can <laughs> nail it within five points. It's been so long. But um, yeah, it's just interesting how, how, how it's changing stuff. I'm really curious to see if everybody follows the Obama blueprint here going going next year, or if it's going to go something new. Uh, all right, let's get to our favorite product hunts. Everyone, producthunt.com. We, we've talked about it in uh, past, but I know we, we get more and more new listeners every single time we do one of these. Mm-hmm. And you can just look, you look at the numbers and it is skyrocketing. So I just want to make sure we remind everyone, producthunt.com is one of our favorite websites. It's where you go to break your website, your app, your, your new thing on there. So I want to talk about what our favorite product hunts are. And one of the things we we started doing here at, at Ketchum in the Midwest, uh, we started including our favorite product hunt of the day that goes out in our little Midwest morning announcements uh, that we do there. And it just kind of gets people thinking, what 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 are, what are the makers building? What are, what are the new things in the Valley? And so I want to talk about my favorite uh, ones that we've seen on here. The favorite one I saw is uh, Primer 2.0 by Google, not by Alphabet. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Google company, not an Alphabet. <laughs> this is Primer 2.0. The website is yourprimer.com, exactly as you would expect it to be sold. I don't remember what Primer 1.0 was. Maybe you don't even need a 1.0. Anymore, maybe not. Right? Just maybe, it's, maybe it's Web 2.0. Primer go. for the Web 2.0. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But it's we're in like 3.0 now. <laughs> Got to carry the one. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Primer 2.0. What this is, it is free marketing lessons from Google. The people that uh, I think we could all argue are, are kind of uh, creating the most value on advertising these days, right? They are giving out free lessons in advertising. Obviously, they're bread and butter. Advertising, content, 
measurement and strategy. And the way they market this is interesting. It's it's almost kind of like Duolingo. Have you ever used Duolingo? Yeah. You can learn the lessons. It's fun. Yeah. I like doing it on the train. Try to mm-hmm. remember all the, the lessons that, that I learned in Germany and stuff when I was trying <laughs> to speak it there. Still, still never be as good speaking German as a German is speaking English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they uh, just it's something you can do very quickly in line around advertising content measurement and strategy. And I love how Google kind of tries to make everyone smarter because mm-hmm. the more people know about internet advertising, obviously the more business goes up. And we're going to talk about how what Apple's doing here in a, a little bit around there, but that was my favorite one. You can get a whole bunch of free lessons. That's Primer 2.0 by Google at yourprimer.com. What about you, Amit? What was the what was the best product hunt you saw this week? Yeah, um, the one that I saw, you know, is something that a lot of Americans especially struggle with um, is, is medical bills. Mm-hmm. And this site is called copatient.com. And I can get that URL. That's a great URL. It is a great <laughs> URL. <laughs> great name uh, for companies. So, yeah. So you know what what Copatient does is that you know a lot of people struggle understanding their medical bills. Yeah. You know how much they're being charged, yeah. how much they actually owe, um, and a lot of times there's errors in in medical bills. I saw a stat that eighty percent of all medical bills contain some sort of a, oh, uh, accounting error in there. So. Um, what copatient actually can do is you can take your medical bill that you receive from mm-hmm. um, your hospital or your doctor and you can upload it to the site. They have um, people that are trained on how to read these medical bills. You have huh. like basically a broker working for you. They negotiate. They go on your behalf and negotiate a lower rate or a lower amount for you to pay based on their expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you basically pay that that. Uh, that fee, basically, mm-hmm. then they take a 35% fee oh. based on the money that they save. If they don't save any money, you don't pay yeah. them anything. So they lock your, they knock your bill down from 200 to 100. Right. You pay a hundred bucks and they take $35, $35. back. So that's yeah. You're still saving 65 still saving bucks. money. It's still a great service. Yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, always need help. Yeah. You know, they're understanding hard. they're hard yeah. to really understand and it's really a black box, you know, especially in this country to understand what you're getting charged. So yeah. this one I think we're going to try it pretty need. soon yeah. <laughs> in my yeah. family we'll as well. See right. how it, it, works. it appears to be there's no doesn't risk, seem right? to be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's that's a really interesting one. Okay, and on to the news and boy do we have a lot of news. It's been a it's been a big couple of weeks here. We're going to get to a couple of different stories. I really want to, you know, talk about obviously what Apple did. It seemed to dominate the conversation every day, but the thing that I saw internet lose its collective consciousness about was the dislike button. It's like I even googled I was I just googled Facebook group dislike button cuz right. you remember like Eight years ago, people joined those groups, and they'd be. And one of the big results is like, we only need 473 more people to join this <laughs> petition, and we get it. That was actually in the group right. title's name. It wasn't <laughs> that they needed that number; it was an arbitrary number. That that particular page has gone to just posting memes and stuff found on like Nine Gag because they have seven, eight hundred thousand people right. they can just spam <laughs> stuff out to. Um, but Facebook, the news was it came up in a Q and A with Zuckerberg, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, you know, people had been asking, um, you know, Zuckerberg for a long time, when are they going to build a dislike button? Everyone has, you know, the like button. When are they going to build a dislike button? Because a lot of people post, you know. Just a word I never say. Yeah. I don't really say dislike. Dislike. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you actually, like, dislike something and, sure. like, people reply to it in an email yeah. or something. Um, Usually sports or politics related. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. So, um, so in this Q&A... Zuckerberg said, you know, everyone's dream is going to come true. They've been working on a <laughs> dream of America. Exactly. <laughs> Every, uh, so they're going to to roll out a what they call a dislike button, yep. um, you know, in, in the near future. And it's going to be rolled out to a test community pretty soon. Um, one thing that, you know, what we saw when the news broke was that a lot of the publications, you know, that want to get clicks, uh. you know, to their site, you know, they're saying, you know, why Facebook is implementing a dislike button and they're, you know, creating all this like the dream of America, like you said. right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, you know, I think the thing to really understand, it's not going to be a true dislike button as, you know, the the opposite of the like button that we currently see. They went back on it, right? His original answer was something along the lines of, we're building a dislike button and we're working on shipping. He said yeah. dislike. And I'm he sure did. all his PR people are like, no. No, don't that. say that. Right. But it's not that. No. Right. So what the button is actually going to be is actually 
I guess for lack of a better word, a sympathy button or an empathy button. Yeah. And and you see this all the time when you're looking through your own Facebook feed. You know, if, if one of your friends, you know, loved one passed away yeah. or say they had an illness or something, it feels really weird to click like yeah. on one of those posts. But yeah. you want to show your support. Um, you know, for your friends, for your family, yeah. uh, and it, but it feels really weird. How do you, how do you do that? You know, yeah. we've all had that moment, like, yeah, yeah. and then like maybe you just don't decide right? to do anything, yeah. or yeah. you maybe you comment or something. Yep. So, um, you know, I, that was one thing that Zuckerberg said in his in his Q and A. They don't want to turn Facebook into kind of an upvote, downvote. Right. You know, you nobody likes to see when they post something that they're kind of happy about yeah. or that they're proud about, and then you know they get downvoted on a Monday yeah. morning, right? Yeah. You know, nobody was going to want to see that. This was this was funny to me because there was a whole bunch of stuff about it being bullying, right? Yeah. Why, why are your bullies and your friends like this? <laughs> like there's – is it just that – I know I saw that and maybe I don't understand. Teenagers. Yeah, with the social – you got to friend this person that bullies you or whatever. But yeah, it was a huge concern for him. Or right? you don't friend the person that bullies you and then they just talk about you yeah. on their own on their own friend network. Yeah. <laughs> but so, that – go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I definitely don't think that Facebook is going to create a button yeah. that is going to – foster more bullying. Right. You know, they already have a bullying problem yeah. um, and they're trying to take care of it every day. The internet day. has a bullying problem. The internet problem. has a bullying problem. Exactly. They're not going to do anything that's going to foster that even yeah. more. So it's going to be interesting to see what exactly they call this button. Yeah. Um, it's hard to even say like, to even call it a sympathy uh, button. Uh. Like, how do you evoke <laughs> sympathy in like just one word, right. you know? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they even call or what they even call this button yeah. um, and what form that sympathy yeah. can take. You think about they got they're what, 1.47-ish billion, yeah. 1.4-something billion uh, people on there, right? This is global. They're in, I think, almost 200 languages. Mm-hmm. Right? You got like, like one of the first verbs you learn to conjugate. I believe in every language is like, right? Mm-hmm. You le- you learn like in, in almost every language to conjugate. It's easy. What sympathy and empathy, even the concept, not the word, is very different amongst cultures, right? Yeah. What you give sympathy for, very different. What is the what is the the singular thing that's on there? It's mm-hmm. going to be so tough. It, it's funny because you think, oh yeah, you just need a sympathy button. Like putting that into place and thinking about it is is absolutely yeah, one of the hard things uh, to do on there. There's two other. Things I kind of want to explore with you, Amit, on this story is there's there's one, you know, we're, we're marketers. Let's figure out kind of what it means for people publishing content uh, on Internet. And two, what's that going to do to the algorithm mm-hmm. that determines content, right? So let's think, let's speculate here. It wasn't clear and I couldn't find anything in the research if they're going to roll this out for brand pages. Wait, yeah. should they? Should this be a thing you put on there? I Let, mean, let's just assume... The button is sympathy, empathy in the context that you were talking about there. Yeah. So, you know, from that perspective, I think not every brand, you know, it makes sense to have it for every single brand. I think for for brands that definitely convey that emotion, um, then it does make sense. And, um, you know, maybe Facebook does a partner, a special partnership for those specific brands. Oh, yeah. Uh, or maybe, to be honest, the way that they've been rolling out a lot of the products is that they don't roll it out to brands first. I mean, that's right. kind of when gifts rolled out. It was, yeah. you know, rolled out to to just the, they don't the members roll it out first. to the people who are paying their bills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but that goes to another thing. You know, if, if it was a pure dislike button, yeah, right. Oh man. And and Did you imagine? Yeah, and consumers, you know, are already not liking, you know, commercials, advertisement, and, and some of the content that yep. brands put out. Could you imagine a dislike button for brands? You know what a dislike <laughs> is that stupid retargeting ad. I bought, I bought I'm not going to name the real deal. I bought something. I love it. It's great. And this stupid retargeting ad has been following me around on Facebook <laughs> all the time. And it, it, whatever, it's, it's an ad, but I was... I've already bought it. You know, like put that in your system, get it out. I would dislike that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we'll see what how Facebook actually yeah. rolls this out, um, you know, if 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 brands do take advantage yeah. of it, um, they definitely could have content 
ready to go, yep. you know, the, that yep. first day. I think, I think that, that that's a huge thing, right? Yeah. If you're doing this, you, you get that content ready, mm-hmm. right? So that when it happens, bam, you can put something out there. Yeah. And, and I think it'll be, it's important to watch how consumers are using the yeah. this empathy button. And then, you know, brands can, can react to that, you know, if it's, if it truly is like these sad moments, yeah, you know, it's not easy for brands to to get involved nope. in that, right? So uh, I don't know. What do you think? You know, that, that is the pro tip right there. Like, I, I'd love to give the prescription or the secret sauce of what everybody should be doing with their content. But this is a pretty fundamental product shift for Facebook, right? They, they're putting in something that they know, just do a search on dislike button in the top of your Facebook bar and look at all these pages. Like we've all seen this. We've all had those person that you put something about, you know, the bears scoring a touchdown and your, your friend from Wisconsin is like, dislike, you know, really <laughs> like we, this is a user need. This is a big product shift. I think your tip Amit, is the one that everybody should be doing. Just everybody maybe devote, do this. Everybody put 20 minutes on your day that we know this is going to come out when it comes out. Just like watch it, just watch, click on everyone's post, see how they're using it, see the context of it, because it's going to be, you know, something that, that, that like is in the, is a part of the lexicon now. Right. Um, but it's, it, it'll, I think we don't know everything yet and it could go, it, they know people want to do this, but what does it look like? What posts are doing this, mm-hmm. uh, that get on there. But what I think is, is most interesting. We talk about, um, what is that going to do to the content that shows up and quick, Quick recap to those that, that are not as professional as Amit at knowing the science. Amit is the, just amazing <laughs> at knowing all the science of what, what determines whether your stuff gets up or down and, and has really done a lot of great work here in making sure that, that we know that and we can spread it to all, to all our clients. But So Amit, your, your thoughts on this. So we know that when people like, comment, and share, that adds points to some sort of algorithm that's called... The EdgeRank uh, algorithm. The EdgeRank algorithm. So like, comments, and share, you get points into this algorithm. Uh, and then we know when people hide the post or say, I don't like this, that takes it's you negative down. Negative points, basically. So where, where, let's speculate, where does like between, if we think, let's just assume shares the, I think shares the highest then Share comment the and highest. like, yeah. right. And then maybe click, click somewhere's in there. Where does sympathy, that's a big thing, right? Where does sympathy rank in that edge rank thing? Yeah. I mean, I would imagine. Let's start with use people first, right? Cause yeah. that determines on people's content. Yeah. So typically if there's a sympathy kind of a post, right, yeah. you know, I think that that post is always going to show up in the newsfeed probably yeah. higher. You know, yeah. if somebody passes away, you know, people are all people typically, you know, attach themselves in, and provide their their support for that. So I think that clicking a sympathy button is probably going to be, you know, as high of a indicator yeah. in EdgeRank than than, you know, share or, yeah. or definitely probably more than comments yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think that. You know, this is definitely going to have a huge weighting, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see if Facebook maybe uses some natural language processing, mm-hmm. for example, where they can determine based on the the context of your post, yep. should the sympathy button even show up, yep. right? Ah, Could they just analyze ah, your, ah, ah, your copy and say, okay, yeah, this is a post where dislike should show up, right? right? right. Um, you know, thinking about the 1.47 billion yeah. people they probably you know they have access to every single post that we've yep. done yep. they probably crunched yeah, by now, right? every single yep. post not and how that, people the, are writing that, it the, but my favorite thing about facebook is they analyze the words you type yeah but then go back and delete it's not a standard text box entry right. so they know even the stuff that, yeah, that they we probably have know when people even say dislike yeah, yeah, right yeah. so yeah. you know i think it'll be an interesting approach on how they actually roll this out yeah. and i think that Maybe if that dislike button does show up, yeah. um, you know, on a contextual basis, it'll be even more yeah. powerful. Yeah. There's a thing. So, you know, I come, that news is important. The, the sad news, the condolence news that, that we think this is, or the, the way to spec sympathy or empathy. What if it's in the other direction? What if, what if Facebook wants to make, I don't know, it's important, but what, like, sometimes I don't want to go there and see a whole bunch of sad news. Sometimes right. I just want to get, you know my Mashable fix or whatever it is, right? <laughs> like, I wonder, they got to be testing that because maybe it's also a way to bring that content down mm. or hide it, right? Filter it, yeah. Yeah, because you want, oh, it's almost, it's riffing here, like, you post this stuff up there, it's a way to deal with the grief, it's a way to deal with the hard time. You don't want people comment, you don't want your little 
notification going up that you know that some weird dude that sat in front of you in French class in high school like saw it or something. Right. Maybe it's a way to push that content down, but also allow people to to grieve to get it out yeah. there in a public way to do it. Pushing pushing down the so sad it's a Monday post that nobody <laughs> wants to see. Right. right? Sympathy. <laughs> exactly sympathy. All right. <laughs> Okay, listeners, why don't you tell us what you think? Uh, what do you think this button should be called? Uh, we'll take so we'll read some of the best submissions uh, next time. We get some good ones. Uh, email me, ben.foster at catchem.com or amit.wadera at catchem.com. Let us know what you think the button should be called. Let's go on to now uh, the adpocalypse, as it's being called. <laughs> and this is this is, comes out of iOS 9. We'll talk about the Apple event in a little bit here. Um, but this was something that uh, just happened. Um, they're calling it the adpocalypse because what Apple did with their iOS 9, which was – that was what they announced at the Apple event, right? Yep, the most correct. iOS 9. I'm not up to, to date <laughs> on all your fancy numbers over there, Apple. Uh, but they, what they did is they enabled ad blocking apps. Now, unlike Google, Apple is very uh, restrictive on what they allow into their Apple uh, ecosystem. See, I can always find a way to come an Apple. <laughs> you can. You can. <laughs> but they, uh, they, what they did is they enabled these ad blocking apps. So this happened yesterday. We're recording on the 17th. This happened yesterday on uh, September 16th. After one day, we saw all over Europe, all these ads started coming up. And here in the U.S. on the App Store, uh, the app Peace, which I've not used, can't recommend, just reporting that Peace shot straight up to the top. It's now ahead of Minecraft. Hmm. It's a $2.99 app uh, that went up there. So this does so look, <laughs> you know, this does a couple things. Um, advertise. People hate these things. Uh, I recently, you know, I, we talked about Adblocker Plus. I was listening to this story on This Week in Google, which is a great podcast, This Week in Google. Um, and they were talking about how they use uh, one, I don't remember what it's called. It was called U, Ublock Choice. And uh, I just installed it. And it is amazing. Adblock Plus was okay, but they kind of, you know, there's like a whitelisting feature that's right. on there. Uh, but this Ublock one is speeding up my web browsing so really? fast. Yeah. And I hate blocking ads, right? But but just some, but just it speeds it up on a, a lot of these pages that go through here. Um, so, they, so they did this. They, they shot it straight up there. I'm wondering... If this is an attack on Google, is it a knife right there to Google's revenue, right? People yeah. blogging or are people using their iPhones use see Google's display network. They're still going to get those text ads in there, right? But seeing – Well, Google has the there. biggest mobile display network yeah. out of you know any company. So yep. this is definitely uh, – uh, whether they say it or not, it's, it's definitely an attack on Google. Yep. Yep, straight to there. Have you installed? Do you use one for your browser? Do you use? Yeah, one for I use your... AdBlock Plus. Yeah. for my yeah. for my browser. Check out yeah. this new one. I'll send it to you after. I, I don't know the name exactly, but um, uh, it was one that I just looked at today that was absolutely fantastic. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I want to see. You know, people were speculating that is this going to be a one day flash in the pan type app, or is it going to be on there consistently? Mm-hmm. Are people always going to do it? And you see the the problem the problem I have with ad blockers is that you're taking money away from journalists. Mm-hmm. You're just taking money straight out of their pocket and journalists are so important. At, at the same time, the ads that are on there that, that are slowy, that are putting all this JavaScript, all this stuff, all the, remember, I mean, pop-ups, right? Those are yeah. the most annoying things in the world and we created pop-up blockers to completely stop them, right? And so it, it's it's hard because you need these to, to, to pay for the important work, uh, but at the same time, it's just such, and once you install one, People don't uninstall it. You know, yeah. so many ad, or so many extensions I install. I'm like, nah, I don't need this one right. in here, right? You install an ad blocker, you don't, no you don't take back. it out. <laughs> there's no going back, and, and you'll see people doing, uh, doing it all the time. So, what do you think? Are you gonna install this? Is it worth three dollars to you? So, like the ones I install on Chrome, free. Is it worth three bucks? Well, when I was looking at Product Hunt, yeah. Um, so Peace was one of them. Yep. But when we, when I was scrolling through the the different product hunts uh, of just today, yeah, I think I saw like three more. <laughs> um, so whether it's what piece, different, are, can you tell how they're differentiated? Right now, I, I haven't gone in, in that much detail yeah. yet, but I I would imagine it's you know how they're able to determine which um, you know what yeah. type of ad is, is coming is coming at you, yeah. um, and that's kind of the same thing, kind of what. Um, ad blocker does with yep. their whitelist. They're always looking at different ways that developers are creating the ads. So I think that that's kind of huh. the, the way that they're going to do it here. And I think some of some are going to be free, some are going to be paid. Yep. So I think that's going to be kind of the big difference here yep. as we see just the shakeout of which one wins. Yeah, gotcha. So interesting story. Uh, install it if you wish. Um, uh, so that, that was coming up all because of the iOS 9 update that's on there. 
There's other ways to monetize though. You can uh, get people to pay. And it, it's funny, the stuff I'm uh, I'm paying for, I like paying for content. I'll pay for HBO Go. Yeah. I, I will do Patreon for my favorite uh, podcasters that are out there. I will do Kickstarters for my friends who are trying to create awesome new movies. Um, Snapchat as a product, <laughs> this cracks me up. So Snapchat, the, 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 the thing the kids are using these days to send messages to each other, the whole allure of this site i've tried it i just don't get it uh the whole allure of this site is that the things are there and they disappear right so that's great uh, quote unquote disappear uh they disappear but the plan now that they have is they offered something uh this is cnet reporting the plan is to charge customers to rewatch these old messages after they've been viewed so they're on there and they're going to charge you now a buck to go in there and see these things that are old so Obviously, a value add, right? Somebody sends you a really funny content or it's something of a loved one at the Eiffel Tower or whatever. You want to go back and see that, right? Right. They've just monetized a feature that literally exists through <laughs> every other messaging app that's on there. <laughs> and there's three that go on there, too. It, this has baffled me. <laughs> but I, I'm so excited, though, to see that. Like, why? Who would, Do you use Snapchat? Uh, I use it for... Just a couple of close family members. Yep. Just starting to get into it right yeah. now. So if they are they sending like baby photos or I send photos? them a lot of baby yeah. photos and so baby gonna, videos see, right now. You are contributing to this product, right? Because they were they're totally <laughs> gonna go down there and see to do. But there's something appealing about that Snapchat where it's just like that low involvement content where it's just right. yeah, oh yeah, I see it. It's gone. That's all I need to see. I don't need to go right. back and archive. But now they're 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 selling archival features. And it's a buck. A buck a snap. It's a so bucket snap. That's what I think I saw was a bucket wow. snap. You would or, think that they would just use, you know, Facebook right? or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah. a different different messaging system if they want to do that. It's a fascinating feature. I'm going to watch this one really closely. If this thing catches on, it says so much about kind of what we want to pay for, right? Like the fact that you can just do this by sending everybody everything or any smart user, any of people downloading and stealing movies and stuff all the time, right? There's people know how to avoid paying for things, right? right? I It's so easy to avoid paying for this. You right. just send somebody a normal text message, but they put it on there. And at first we all kind of laughed at it. They're like, no, I think I get it, right? I think I, I'd like to go back and see it. They also said they're all selling new features as they look to monetize. There's uh, animated filters. My kids love filters on everything they do. Uh, we ever talk to them on you know Google Hangouts. They're putting right. crowns and all this stuff on each other. <laughs> Or uh, the things that are on there, animations or, or ways to, to, to look on there. So interesting thing um, uh, to watch on there. Facebook also had new thoughts on how they want to monetize their platform. What, what did you see about this, uh, about Facebook monetizing in this story? I yeah, so the, the, the new thing that you can do on Facebook now is, is actually shop on Facebook. And, um, you know, if you've been a brand that's been participating in Facebook, yep. you're saying, hey, Emmett, that's nothing new. Right. Um, we, that's what I'm people had... Uh, People had tabs on Facebook where you could, you know, shop and, and look at a, a retailer's um, uh, set of products. Yeah. But now uh, the the key differentiation was that when you had a tab before, you could never shop on your mobile device because tabs never worked huh. on a mobile device before. So now that they Facebook has partnered with uh, e-commerce uh, shopping platform called Shopify, mm-hmm. um, and now that shopping has become a reality. Um, they're calling it the shop. Um, the shop. Yeah. Clever. It lets merchants display products directly on their company page. Okay. Um, so retailers can choose whether or on not. On their Facebook.com slash company. Correct. You got it. Okay. Yep. Got it. And the key difference is that you can shop on mobile. Okay. So, gotcha. Um, so retailers can choose whether they want customers to be able to buy those products directly on their Facebook page. They don't have to leave the ecosystem at all. Yep. Um, or if they'll be re- redirected to the company page huh. after clicking that buy button. Um, the payments are actually all processed and handled by Shopify, okay. not Facebook. Oh, cool. Um, so, you know, you don't need to worry about Facebook collecting Privacy that, piece, concerns, that, yeah, that sure. data. I'm sure. So are. then you may ask, well, what is in it for Facebook? Yeah. Why would they even do this? Yeah. Right. Um, they're not collecting any additional revenue out of this. Yep. Um, and and the thing that I could could surmise was that people are staying on Facebook longer. Mm-hmm. The longer mm-hmm. that people stay within the Facebook ecosystem, the we'll easier it is. Yeah. You know, they don't want to leave. Yep. They get served more ads. Yep. You know, when they're you know in their newsfeed or yep. you know on the right rail. Yeah. Um. So it's just another way, another hook. Yep. To get people to stay. Yeah. Amit's point is is critical about the stickiness of Facebook. And we're going to go into some data uh, from college students here at the end of the show. 
But you guys are all probably saying to yourself, oh, I don't spend that touch time on it. I do it. <laughs> In addition, if you – there's are there apps that you can use that can um, figure out exactly how much time you spend on certain sites. Install one of these. It will blow your mind. And also, if you feel like you're getting distracted at work, install one of these and you will be like, what am I doing? You just <laughs> stop it right away uh, and start to go see it. So install one of these to see it because uh, the, the, the stickiness of Facebook is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, to go on there. So I see why Facebook wants to do that and get on there. Are, they, are, are companies going to be able to put up their whole product suite? I imagine thousands of things to go on there. Are you going to be able to put up your whole thing directly on there? Is it promoted things? I think it's going to be limited at first. Yep. And then, um, you know, if you have 10,000 items yep. within your store, I think that's not going to be the sure. most ideal shopping experience. So I yeah. think it's going to be kind of your, your um, you know, the Maybe the latest items that they release are maybe the yeah, most popular. Yeah. And then, it, you know, go to the website gotcha. if, if you need to go do some real heavy shopping. Gotcha. So that's Facebook's plan to, to, to do it. Keep sticky. And, you know, you, know, you may be thinking, I don't, I don't do that. Or you may be thinking there's no way that's going to last in the future. Um, eMarketer. eMarketer is a great site to get a lot of great statistics about marketing and social. They just came out with a new study. And the one thing we hear about Facebook and the kids and is water. The kids using Facebook the Facebook. Facebook is dead. I mean, Facebook is dead. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this, I think, every podcast until I'm blue in the face. Facebook is not dead and it's not going anywhere. Uh, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. So what eMarketer did is they surveyed 514 students uh, who are enrolled in a four-year college or university and said, how much time are you spending? Now, this is self-reported. So I, sometimes with self-reporting data, I think it's underreported. reported yeah. considering it's higher. And you, you know who knows? Facebook knows. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they say the, the amount of time spent on select social networks. So they looked at uh, six of them, you know, the usual suspects. As you think, look, Google Plus is in there. Maybe not the Google Plus. <laughs> Google Plus, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So you may be thinking like everybody's on Instagram all the time. So um, they, they looked at it. And what was neat about this survey is not asking the question, what's your favorite or what do you prefer? Is it's the amount of time spent. And they broke it out zero to one, two to three, four to five, six to seven, eight to nine, and 10 plus hours. What what blew my mind- 10 plus hours per day? <laughs> that is insane. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. 10 plus hours per day. Over 10, I'm adding up the numbers here, about 5.2, 11% of students self-reported that they spend six hours or more a day on Facebook. One out of uh, one out of every, I think it's like one out of every nine college students, one out of every nine college students is spending more than six hours a day on Facebook. It's insane. <laughs> uh, 60% of college students are spending two or more hours. Wow. It's absolutely insane on this platform, right? So this is, you know, it becomes this unbelievably critical thing. It's not dead. Let's compare that to other things like Instagram. Instagram, 43% of students are spending two hours or more per day with with most of them in that uh, two to five hour kind of range. So what, what do you... What do you make of that? What is it just is this just college students? They are in a time of their life where they're studying. They're not studying. <laughs> college is awesome. College is all about hanging out with people. Are they, is this because they're in a time of their life or that where Facebook is needed or or is this the the this the future? It's kind of interesting the way if you look at college students now yeah. that are participating in Facebook and yeah. college students when when we were in college. Yeah. Facebook was just getting started. And I did my email on a Vax virtual machine. <laughs> we didn't even have web-based email when I was Okay, so I was still right. in college when Facebook <laughs> came out. And it literally was like only college kids could have yeah. it. And like you were stalking like the, do you think, what, the people what, in your class. How many like, hours? So when it first came out, how many hours do you think self-reported? When it first came out, out, probably more than two to three because plus, there was right? no news feed. <laughs> yeah, you had yeah, to yeah. actually go to like people's pages. Yeah. Stop. Um, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. You were studying uh, studying up on all your sure. classmates. The, so the difference is that these students already had active pages, active profiles, yep. you know, well before they went into college. Yep. So um, I think, you know, the, the lifestyle of a college student, you're pretty much on your computer all day, whether you're taking notes sure. or you're studying. So yeah. you have a browser open. It's going to be right there. It's going to be an open browser yeah. pretty much all day. Right. Right. So I think part of the the time reported is going to be reflected from that. Sure. Um, whereas maybe some of the other um, social networks, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, like you actually have to physically kind of participate yep. Yep. like in that moment. Whereas Facebook, you can just 
kind of scroll through zone it, out, get zone your out, ambient fix. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to be a critical difference. The thing that I would have loved to have seen Snapchat on here right? as well, because I think that's yep. kind of the demographic that is really participating. Is Snapchat a time spender or is it a... I don't think it's a time spender. I think it's a quick, I think it's a high it's a hit, use. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a high use kind of a, a network. Right Volume, there. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, you know, it, it would be good to kind of juxtapose time spent versus, yeah. you know, amount of use, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? I, well, what was interesting on here, I, I think, um, was just seeing those, those, High volume users, and you know they reported a zero to one. So that forty percent in the zero to one, there could just be could be zero. Yeah, a quarter of those people on there. So I, you know, I love to see if it's. I'm almost looking at the data. Is there a split? Is there like the users and the non-users, or right. kind of? I really wish they would have broke out the the zero and then one hour out there, because um, I would like to see how many people are, are not using it at all. Um, it is yeah, interesting that whole everybody just having it right in front of you. Um, I can't imagine even in grad school, oh four to oh six, I never had a computer with me. I, I would always just take notes manually, mm-hmm. which is stupid because now I can't go back. I would love to go back and reference some of my sure. behavioral economic notes, but they're all handwritten. Um, but it is, so it's nice to have those there. But yeah, yeah, it gets boring. I'm just gonna get my fix. Right. You know, get my little adrenaline, see those notification endorphins not right. endorphins <laughs> pop up when i see that red light pop up so that goes on there yeah i'm super interested to see i would love to see if it was how much you know publishing comment interacting right. engaging with the stuff versus just like finding it yeah yeah gosh more and more sadly i'm going to facebook for news i think my my feed is so well curated now that i'm getting almost the same news as i'm getting on twitter and yeah. it's just it, it's kind of where i go to get that and uh the personal people that that go on there so Let's go to the other big part of it. I know I saved it uh, kind of close to the end here, um, but it is a, a lot of interesting stuff. We talked about uh, iOS 9, but there were a lot of other things that happened at the Apple event. A lot of other products released. I heard it went on over three hours. Yeah, I think it was around <laughs> two two hours. Did you watch it? I was traveling that day. Did you watch any of it? <laughs> yeah, I, li- I li- was able to live stream it. Nice. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's September. That means it's the Apple, yep. the annual Apple event where they release a new phone. Yep. Um, to get that and out of the way, they have the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Looks great. Yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. Looks really. I nice. do love that thing. You know, I'm, as a Google user, I am jealous of the Apple cameras. They are beautiful. Yeah. My Galaxy S6 has been one of the, the one of the nicest cameras I've ever had. But they always do in the presentation taken on the phone, and they put. I remember that yeah. squirrel one that first popped up there, right? Yeah. They did that again this year, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um. So you know, get one, get that one out of the way. They also released a um, kind of novelty sized iPad. It's almost thirteen. Yeah, it's thirteen inches. Yeah. So it's a um, heck of a novelty. Heck of a novelty, <laughs> and in the the, it's actually funny when how they they've morphed the iPad yeah. since um, since Tim Cook has yeah. taken over. You know, now they released an Apple Pencil, yeah, which is basically yeah. it's a stylus. It's just okay, used and for used for iOS devices, tablets, and phones. Correct, right. So is it similar like the 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 tablets that are crack designers use to dry stuff? Is it is it used for graphic design or is it a the interface? in the demo in the demo they showed how you could kind of like sketch, mm-hmm. uh, and the pencil is is um, it seems to have a lot of detail and and um, refinement to it. Okay, so I don't think it's like drawing with like your finger right sure. where it's like really crude. Right, yeah. I think you can actually get some pretty good detail there. Yeah, um, you know it. And they also released a keyboard yep. that you can attach to your iPad. So, keyboard. you know, I look oh, at... Oh, gosh, my wife loves those for her. So it's sure. like, you know, are they going after the Microsoft Surface mm-hmm. or the Ultrabooks that are coming out? People love their Surfaces. People who have a Surface. I, oh, I don't know anyone that has no. <laughs> The people I've talked to <laughs> absolutely love them. But yeah, are they going after that with the... Yeah, I mean, it, it, seems, it seems weird that Steve Jobs made a specific point... Mm-hmm. Um, when they initially released the the iPad, two thousand seven. I can't remember yeah. the specific year, but he specifically trashed styluses. Yep, styli. And, is it styli? Styli. Styli. <laughs> um, and, and you you see them going towards that now. So you know, is it is it just has that has the the tablet just become a commodity? Mm-hmm. And you know, we have these extra tools for. Um, do we have these extra tools for for everyone to use, or is it you know specifically for for graphic artists for for yeah. or for 
maybe architects, for example. Yeah. I could see the use cases for it. Yeah. Um, I just feel that they're kind of, if they were going to do a stylus, they're kind of late to the game. There's yeah. a lot of third party, yeah. uh, you know. That work with Apple. That work already. with Apple, yeah, yeah that already oh. is there. So I'm In sh- rose gold. Are these styli available? Uh, I don't know if they're in rose gold or not, (laughs) uh, perhaps. Um, There were some other interesting things that happened at the Apple event. Um, They launched uh, a new Apple TV. Oh, this looked cool. Um, So this is an updated device, um, but really it's the software behind it um, that really makes the the Apple TV shine. Um, It's a really updated user experience. um, and, And now... Um, there's the this report this remote that they have mm-hmm. has um, <clears throat> actual uh, force touch enabled with huh. it. So force touch being yeah. So if you are pressing on the remote, yeah. it actually detects how much force uh, gotcha. you're pushing against. So you do context different for light ones or yeah, ones. exactly. Got it, got it. So it has that context available there. Um, it has voice control mm. as well. So it uses Siri, um, and this was kind of one of the most yeah. interesting pieces of the demo. <clears throat> where they said, you know, Siri, show me uh, movies with Brad Pitt in it, yeah. right? And then it would bring up, you know, all the the movies with Brad Pitt in yeah. it. Um, so you available know, within the Apple TV ecosystem, correct? Okay, so gotcha. I think that's like Netflix and sure. Hulu as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and one of the other interesting things that they had, um, someone search like that though. Like, well, I mean, I don't know if the technology is really right. is really there. Yeah, um, you could. You could start to maybe narrow things down like, hey, show me comedies. Yeah. You know, okay, show me uh, Brian Cranston TV shows. Sure. You know, I mean, I don't know if people really search like that. I think it'll be a new behavior to yeah. see if people, how people actually do gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um, and the other interesting thing is that there there's a heavy focus on gaming now. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know a this lot might of... might get me back into Apple. And <laughs> some a lot of families, you know, have Apple TV for their kids. Yep. You know, it's really easy for the kids to um, to to use. Uh, and now you're bringing some of the best iPhone games to the big screen. Yep. And you're going to have them available to be able to play with your remote um, right on the big screen, those, yep. those Apple games. So is it... I didn't see, was it like Wii enabled where your tablet, your iPad will... Yeah, basically, so kind of like the Wii it, it uses the tablet. Yeah, basically, like the the remote, the in the demo that they showed, the yeah. remote like kind of turns sideways. Oh, that's cool. And then that's kind like of like steering your wheel. Yeah, it's kind of like a steering yeah. wheel a little bit. That's cool. Um, that's how kids are getting their first experience with video games, which is a massively large market. Is typically through the iOS. My kids are. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they game, not game, you know, they do their little education crap like right. through through the iOS. Is not, but that's they're used to that. Interface. I mean, think about, remember the very first games we'd play, it was, uh, or at least for me, it was on the Atari 2600. Uh-huh. And then Nintendo came around with that D-pad and right. changed everything. Like now every single game is almost a derivative of the... Of the D-pad. Which was probably a derivative of something else, maybe the, the old ones. But yeah, that was like the first one that changed how we all we all thought about it. And so this touch is a way mm-hmm. different interface to, to interact with the game uh, that goes on there. Gotcha. So that was the that was everything cool from um, uh, the iPad, but there was also what was the live photos one? Oh, I right. Saw that that was cool. So photos now are going to be um, almost like little mini gifts yeah. or mini vines on yeah. your phone. So um, instead of anytime you take a photo in the new iOS, yeah. um, Apple is going to record like two seconds before you take the photo, yeah. and it's going to be two seconds after you take the photo. So when you're scrolling through. Um, and you kind of hold on a photo, mm. yeah. you'll be able to see kind of the few moments right before and yep. the few moments right after. So it's a little bit, it's not like a video, um, but it's really allowing you to experience kind of a little bit more of that visual. That's it. So sometimes they take a photo on the phone and, you know, three of the four people are looking great and somebody's got a doofy face on them or whatever. <laughs> Is it for, I wonder if it's for to give you better, fo- can you like scroll through it? Like that two before and after and be like, okay, I want this part to be the actual photo. From the demo, they didn't show it like that. Do it, it was more like a gift because or a it's, line. They, they specifically said that it's not a video. Okay. Um, and they're not storing it as a video either. So, But it specifically is a video. It, <laughs> they call it live photos. Okay, gotcha. So um, I'm not exactly sure Marketing. Exactly how, the, <laughs> how the technology is, is done behind there. Maybe it's just like a really, you know, powerful GIF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it'll be cool to see, um, uh, 
you know, how, how people are using yeah. the live photos. I'll be interested interested to see how much space these live yeah. photos actually take up. They're still at the <laughs> 1632, 60. Does it go up to 128? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Man, even like my. I love podcasts and I just fill up my phone with podcasts <laughs> all the time. But yeah, I know my wife's running out of hers. She can't wait to get her new one. But yeah, if it's recording two before and two after, what's that? What's that doing to your storage right, space? Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But if it's worth it, it's worth it. And plus, it's just going to get bigger and bigger stored. All right. One final story. Um, I, loving uh, Facebook's uh, mentions, um, place where, you know, kind of they can go and, and break break news. Um, what they just offered up is they gave journalists the same tools as celebrities to use uh, Facebook's uh, mentions. So this would be, you know, this was kind of, I think you, you, you thought of it, that this had kind of been anticipated for a while that they'd be yeah. able to do this. But I'm seeing a lot, like uh, Robert Scoble, the guy from uh, the, the Rackspace company, he's a great tech influencer, really smart guy. Um, he's been using this a lot to kind of like just document what he's doing in that mm-hmm. live real time type way. So it's kind of cool that they're giving this to journalists, right? Like direct attack on Yeah, direct on attack on Twitter, really. I mean, if you look at it, Twitter has always kind of marketed itself as the place where breaking news happens, yeah. right? Everyone, you know, I think there was a famous story uh, kind of right when Twitter was was being uh, was being founded where there was an earthquake and there the news of the earthquake traveled faster around uh, the world on Twitter uh, than it actually did in real uh, life. Um, so if, if if mentions, if journalists are the ones that are kind of breaking stories all the time, um, is this kind of a direct attack on, on right. Twitter and getting those journalists to now break their stories and provide yep. additional context on Facebook instead? Yep. Okay. And you even mentioned you're getting more and more of your news so on so. Facebook. Yep. This is just another way... You know, you're going to stay on I Facebook. I shouldn't say that. I almost feel weird saying that. <laughs> like, it almost feels like dirty to say I'm going to Facebook a lot more to just kind of keep up on stories and stuff. But, yeah, yeah it should be. That wraps it up for today's show, As Seen on Internet, Episode 10. Uh, hey, can you do us a favor? Uh, we've been starting to rack up a lot of five-star reviews. It's really helping us out. We keep seeing our, our, our listenership go up and up. Could you please go onto the Apple iTunes store and leave us a five-star review? Um, we'd really, really appreciate it. Send me an email or, l- or let me know that you did. Give you a big, giant high five. Maybe buy you a drink. Uh, it'd be really, really cool if you, uh, you guys help it up with that. So that wraps up today's show. I'm your host, Ben Foster. With me, as always, is... I'm Mitt Widera. Hey, have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>